crippling thoughts and dramatic mysteries, wonderful worlds of fantasy, denying love of the heart that beats within your chest, or is it just your imagination? Let's dive into a world of novels as we read books from all over, from writing and reading reviews to interviews, one-on-one sessions, and honest writing opinions. Let's keep it real on Mystical Mode. What's good, you guys? Mystic here, and welcome to another episode of Mystical Mode, where I give you guys my best opinions and hopefully you won't kill me for them later. Today, we are reviewing the story called The Misindoctrination of Ulji Whiteman. Sorry if I said the title incorrectly, but aside from that, guys, it has a 4.8 in humor and is written by author Kira Storm up on Inkit. So, guys, check it out. And in their bio, it states, I like to write and post my stories for all the world to see. They also have an Instagram, so I would definitely follow that as well. They have really good content and amazing photos. And not to mention, the collages on here are spectacular. They are so pretty and just so unique. So much. Oh my god, it just can go on for days and days. But aside from that, you guys, keep that in mind as we're going to be reading The Misindoctrination of Oldie Whiteman. The cover represents the art that is posted on their Instagram. At least I can see as I'm posting that art on their Instagram. All of the covers, they have more than one story up on their page. So all of the covers in general definitely have a theme to them. I can see the theme and I definitely like it. It's very unique and very... I don't know. I want to say it reminds me of like an oak tree because your colors mainly revolve around more naturist things and just nice, simple backgrounds just to make you feel nice and warm. It's really, really nice. And I honestly can really appreciate it. It definitely mellows down the mood and it looks really, really good. I might have to take a note in your book for how you do these covers because I've never seen covers like this. The way you incorporate nature and the I don't know, the way you incorporate nature and the smooth, calming feeling of it. It's just wonderful. Your covers are very unique and very wonderful. But aside from that, let's get into the story as we read The Misindoctrination of Oldie Whiteman, voiced by Rachel's Reaper and Haley Afford. Hey guys, Mystic here. Help support the podcast with monthly donations. Reviewing novels is a highlight of my life, and I adore all of your novels and comments. Help us keep the podcast alive and to help pay our wonderful team of editors and voice actors. Till next time, catch you guys later. Warning, this episode may include strong language, mature themes, descriptions of blood and gore, viewer discretion advised for mature audiences only. Back to the episode. Chapter 1. WWBD. What would Banksy do? I think that one of these days... You're going to find out where you want to go, and then you've got to start going there. J.D. Salinger Art is like sending a brief message on your pager. Though the colors tell a story, you wouldn't understand the painting at first glance. 
but in every masterpiece is a cliche. Think novels, for example. Whenever you open a book, you usually expect complicated love triangles, predictable plots, a boy becoming the chosen one, or a Mary Sue irritating the hell out of the reader. Sometimes cliches begin when a character has a shitty childhood, ignorant parents, and a gorgeous supermodel boyfriend. Unlike most people, I don't remember much of my childhood, or where I was born, and if I had parents, they would probably avoid you. It's not their fault though. Hell, if I were in their shoes, I would rather wear my old headphones, turn on my mom's Walkman, and listen to Kurt Cobain than answer personal questions. Now, you think I am a melodramatic asshole, but I am only telling it like it is. My generation is constantly bombarded by adults who force them to decide what they want to be in life. If kids want to be teachers, the parents would warn them that educators don't get paid enough as it is. And if teenagers want to be writers or celebrities, adults would tell them that their dream jobs are too idealistic or immature. So instead of giving a shit what other people think, I am determined to make my way in the world by getting revenge on my old high school. Shaking a can of black spray paint, I managed to construct my masterpiece on my old high school building before anyone noticed. The parking lot was empty. Seniors and juniors sat in class, studying for their winter exams. So the good news is that it gave me time to start redecorating. But the bad news is that I can feel the afternoon sun burning a hole in my olive green hoodie. After lowering the empty black container in the gray duffel bag, I pick up a fluorescent orange spray paint can, then add the final touches to my creation. Today, I am composing a moral of Nathan Blaze, a tall, good-looking, popular football player with caramel brown hair, stunning green eyes, a sleek jawline, and his iconic Adam's apple. He stood behind a podium wearing a golden crown that radiated the light of the flashing cameras and adoring fans. However, on the right-hand corner of the painting stood four abused women wearing shredded cheerleading uniforms and sullen looks. And while the lights hit on the popular football player, none of them were focused on the woman. But before you ask what I'm doing, there is something I should tell you about Spring Oaks High. Apart from its outdated computers, terrible school lunches, and books that died in the 90s, Spring Oaks High has an outstanding record of bullying. And it's all thanks to Nathan Blades, who made my junior year a living hell. The school principal did whatever she could to protect me from him. Regardless, no matter what crimes they committed, the principal couldn't punish Nathan because she needed him to win trophies. As for the teachers, they wouldn't even lay a finger on Nathan because they don't get paid enough to give a shit. But instead of backing down, I decided to create this moral as a parting gift for my shitty school. You see, Nathan Blaze's football skills help bring Spring Oaks to the top. But behind closed doors, Nathan has a reputation for assaulting girls in the back of his red sports car. Now, everyone knew that Nathan is an insane sex maniac, including the teachers. However, when the adults ask him what happened, Nathan would tell them that what he and the girl had was consensual. Sick fuck, I muttered under my breath. One by one, I spewed a variety of dark colors on the wall. Deep yellow and orange formed Nathan's massive crown while murky blue slid down the cheerleader's ghastly pale cheeks. Most of the paint sprayed on my denim jeans and Doc Martens, but I only cared about getting the fuck out of here. So after I completed the mural, I packed my art supplies in the gray duffel bag, closed it, and left before the middle school kids came outside. But as I heaved my bag over my left shoulder, I heard the middle school teacher scream at my handiwork. It made me smile. My art dealer and employer, Frank Yeller, told me that my check would come in in about a week, but until then, I would finish my second shift at a coffee shop called Coffee and Fidelity. The shop is made out of cherry wood furnishings and smells like exotic cocoa beans. Teens and college students come here to drink coffee, socialize, and purchase baked goods, half shots, and vanilla syrup. 
milk and sugar saturated dark beverages, the roots blaring in the background, maneuvering past preps and junkies. I went up to Frank, who was busy cleaning the Grand Knight countertops. His extended brown hair reaches down his shoulders. A faded black Led Zeppelin t-shirt barely covers his belly button, while his dark blue jeans cloak his plump legs in beat-up Converse sneakers. Beaming in my direction, Frank sets the damper clothes on the countertop. His brown eyes shimmered like pennies, but his facial hair formed an odd circle around his sore lips. Frank is a 55-year-old man, but he has the spirit of a teenager. He worships art and coffee so much that Frank became my art dealer and owner of the coffee and Fidelity. Stretching his hairy arms out, Frank squirms around the station to get close to me. How are you, Augie? Good, I nod. Did the critics like any of my paintings? Frank casually bobs his head. Of course they did. Your paintings were sold for at least $2,000. Holy shit, I grinned. That's great news. Thanks. Frank grinned back. He glances at the paint on my clothes, then asked if I was making a new creation. Something like that, I responded with a shrug. Frank inspected the paint-soaked duffel bag in my hand, then asked what I was doing. Looking for inspiration, I smiled. Oh? Frank nodded. Last time you were searching for information, the police caught you for sneaking into Disney World without paying. I cast him an offended look. What? Those Disney tickets were hella expensive, and I wanted to ride the Space Mountain. That's no excuse, kid. Frank shakes his head dismissively. Sneaking into a theme park isn't exactly legal, in my opinion. Neither is charging 20 bucks for a cup of coffee, I retorted, but life is full of hypocrites. Frank casually flashes me a fake smile before changing the subject. So, I have a Parisian buyer who keeps pestering me if you finish the painting for her. Almost, I grunted. She wanted a mixed media painting, right? Yeah, try and get that finished today, Augie. The last thing my wife needs are phone bills showing up in our mailbox. Cool, I beamed. I lean my shoulder against the countertop so I can rest my exhausted back. How's your wife, by the way? Diana is doing alright. She's just having trouble taking care of six kids. Frank responded, setting the plastic bottle of cleaning fluid on the countertop. Maybe I could help babysit them, I suggested. Good suggestion. Frank beamed. Take care of that painting first, and then we'll talk. Behind the kitchen walls, I took a flight of wooden stairs that leads me to a large attic. Underneath the canvas were easels full of paintbrushes, colorful paints, and a white mug that says, Queer and Proud. Light brown walls soak up the sun's beaming light, but BAM vintage posters, vinyl records, black and white photographs, and beautiful illustrations made it impossible for the rays to make a dent. Colorful pencils, sketchbooks, canvases, and crumpled balls of paper scattered across the oak desk table. Next to the burnt chocolate closet is a tall, dusty bookshelf full of various novels and old art textbooks. As for my bed, it is a modest mattress with a white bed sheet and soft gray blankets. After my dad kicked me out of the house, I have been living in the attic for almost two years. Frank didn't mind as long as I help him make coffee and bus tables. Whenever I am finished making a new creation, Frank would sell them in an art gallery or hang them in his shop. Home sweet home, I say to myself, watching over to the mattress. The Roots, Alice in Chains, Sounder Garden, Linkin Park, Gil Scott Heron, Nina Simone, and Pearl Jam CDs scatter across the pillow. Abstract, still life, landscape, oil mixed media, and acrylic paintings stacked on the oak brown desk. I attempt to unlace my black boots, but I accidentally stepped on my sketchbook. Shit, I thought to myself, scooping up the book in my hand. I place it on my bed before changing my clothes. Here's what I hate about my body. Acne and fucking blackheads. Dark scars emerge on my back down to my butt crack. Blackheads made their home on my slightly thin nose. Facial hair formed over my upper lip and shriveled chin. 
Examining the clothes in the closet, I pick out a blue velvet underground t-shirt, baggy overalls, socks, and penny loafers. Salvaging my fallen clothes, I've decided to dump them in an old, ratty hamper that sits right beside the closet. Since the laundromat shut down, I go to Frank's house to do my laundry. His wife Diana occasionally helps me pour the right amount of soap. Other times I would drive around town until I find one open to the public. It sucks, but I have my sketchbook and music to keep me company. Clutching the hardcover book with my left hand, I positioned it on the stack of old paintings. Later, as soon as I traveled over the unfinished canvas, I sat awkwardly on the bar stool. The paintbrushes ladled in dirty water while my half-finished creation sat on the easel. First, I began purchasing some discarded cream-colored French postcards from a thrift store and reduced them into an assortment of fragments. After that, I painted pictures of Paris, spent hours cutting them into perfect shapes. Some were awful, while others I glued them on the blank canvas. Second, I applied diverse shades of red, white, and blue and splattered them on the canvas. As soon as I was finished, I used charcoal black paint to scribble cursive above the dark gray Eiffel Tower. The last part was tricky. The top part of the canvas was finished, but the bottom felt rough and grainy like sandpaper. So I spent the hour searching at Michael's until I found a bunch of fake red roses, bought at least four flowers, plucked the petals off the stem, and carefully glued them on the bottom of the canvas. Fuck, something is missing, I muttered to myself. The texture is smooth, the paint is rich, and the collage came out good. I stared at the composition until a thought came to me. Swirling the thin paintbrush into a jar of dark water, I applied obsidian black and wrote my name in the fragile cursive. There, I smirked triumphantly. I am finished. Now I'll show Frank and- Augie! A voice exclaimed. There's a boy who wants to talk to you. Huh? I wondered, dipping my paintbrush into the jar of dirty water. Who the hell could that be? Before I came downstairs, I changed into my cream-colored Beatles t-shirt, torn jeans, and black sneakers, then grabbed my denim jacket and hung it from the closet. Entering the kitchen, I originally thought Frank needed more people handling the coffee orders, but when I saw a handsome boy with piercing green eyes yelling at Frank, I recognized him as the infamous Nathan Blaze. Oh, shit, I moaned. about you but I get tired of reading the same story over and over and over again I just want to spice things up and really get out there and I definitely have spiced up my reading list by adding the silent witness by author Kim this story brings into a new light of Greek mythology folklores and just general legends it is an amazing read that I highly recommend to anybody with a fantasy tooth who just can't wait to dig into new lining of life so with that in mind read the silent witness and definitely definitely enjoy link is in the bio you know what augie f in the chat for you f in the chat for you my god but aside from that this is a very cute story it definitely holds some very strong themes within it which i definitely like i can definitely get behind as well not to also mention one of the more important things that I've seen in this story is that Olgi is actually African-American. And that makes me feel, I don't know, more connected. I don't really want to spoil the story for you guys, but I'm going to be for a little bit. So basically, why why Nathan Blaze is coming up to Augie, he's coming up to him, accusing him of spray painting the side of the school, which of course Augie denies and lies about makes sense and he kind of gets away with it too well kind of he does 
in a way, get away with it. But aside from that, then it talks about why it's because I'm black. Is that why you're accusing me? So I'm already immediately getting so much information in Augie within like the first two chapters. First off, he's African-American, which is very tough to be in any day and age, whether you're from the early 2000s or whether you're in 2021. It's very, very hard. Well, I don't want to say very hard because, you know, I feel like some people, how should I say this without starting up a riot? For lack of a better term, it can be difficult for most than others. That's all I'm willing to say about the subject, as I am African-American, but I like to keep racist ideals and racism out of my podcast as much as possible. But considering this is a story that's kind of having one of those main themes, I'll brush up on a little bit. First off, I like that theme. I like the fact that I can already imagine, just from that conversation that he had with Nathan alone, is that Augie is literally, oh, sorry if I say his name wrong, but Augie's by himself. Augie was kicked out of his family, like, kicked out of the house at a young age. It said he's been living with Frank for about two years now, so, and he's 16, so that means he probably had to been around 15, 14 years old, and that's tough. So imagine getting kicked out of the house around that time and having to find somewhere else to live. He's not living in the best conditions, but he's not living in the worst. He's making art, he's selling it, he's making money. He has a roof over his head and a guy to watch his back. Well, some of the times, not all the time, but a good proportion of the times, he's really got his back. But going back to the theme itself, I can already imagine Augie being kind of lonely in a way. Not to also mention, it's just the fact that it also really sets the stage as he's going, he used to go to an all-white school where bullying did happen, where these social cues where Nathan is the big strong jock and nobody's gonna challenge him because... Well, it's the big, strong jock. He's winning all the football games at this school. They're not going to, like, reprimand him because they need him to play. Just those basic details are already established in Chapter 1. And 2, a little bit sorry if I spoiled it for you guys. Oh, I usually like to make, um, when we're doing the chapter readings, I usually like to leave you guys on a little bit of a cliffhanger. But I kind of failed that, but at the same time, at the same time, it still works out beautifully. Aside from that, you do also have a few spelling errors and a few grammar errors here and there. The way the sentences are set up is overall correct. It's just you have some like typos and some weird words here and there. You might just want to go through the, your like with editing and just double check them one more time because you use the word saw instead of seen for one of the lines, also an it instead of an. But it's okay. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Just work on upping your grammar a little bit, going through editing, and getting that finishing beautiful touch on it. But aside from that, you've done really, really good. I like the story, and I like how much detail you already incorporated in the story itself. Now, for me personally, I feel like Augie's a little bit of a rebel. And he's not a rebel like, oh, guys, join me type of rebel where he needs to be in a group. To me personally, I feel like Augie has basically been alone all of his life. Of course, the story only mentioned his dad, but I don't know, just taking from the text, 
It either means his mom left him with his father, died somewhere, had an accident. Like, either died, had an accident, or just left in general. Who knows? Either way, his mother is clearly not in the picture, unless it, said, unless it would have said his parents kicked him out of the house. Now, of course, I've not read that far into the story to know if what I'm claiming is to be true or not, so if you guys really want to know if what I'm speaking is the truth, then I highly recommend going on Inkit and reading The Misindoctrination of Augie. To be honest, though, The Misindoctrination of Augie also has a really good title based off of one of the themes that you have already established in this story. It's very amazing. It's I like it. I really do. The themes that you have in here is astonishing, and all I can say is a great job, great job, and great job. Now, when you are establishing these themes, though, one thing that I would keep in mind, especially with all you being of African cult, African American, I was supposed to say African culture, but that's actually a completely different thing. I'm sorry, but being of African race, African American. I feel like if you're going to do these types of themes, then I feel like you need to get into the real nit and gritty of it. You need to talk about not everything, but something that most people can relate to, which you are already doing, which is pretty great. But aside from that, I want there to be looking forward and reading more into the story. I don't know. I can't really say if you have or not, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I really want to see more depth and feeling. And if anything, you did mention in the summary that the story is going to be about bullying, harassment, sexual assault, violence, and so much more. So guys, if you're not 18 and over, do not be reading the story because it's not for you. If you listen to that warning in the beginning of this episode and just skip past it, like be skipping past your homework, don't do it. That's bad. Bad, bad, bad. But going back to the thing at hand... You have to write about the pain, the, how you say, the way society treats them. Now, in a way, you have already established how society treats them as Nathan's coming up saying, why I think it's you, even though Nathan didn't have any proof, but Nathan is correct. Um, He's just already assuming it's him. That's the main point. He's already assuming it's him, and it could be just because of the color of Augie's skin. Who knows? Either way, it make it makes sense. People make a bunch of different assumptions based off of skin color, the way you talk, the way you dress, the way you act, who you associate yourselves with. It all makes sense, and it completely adds up to me. It adds up. To, I don't know for you guys, but it adds up to me. So for you to do that, it was a it was like a wowing, like oh my god, there's more to than just Nathan accusing him. There's racial conduct going in here. Ah! And I am pretty, I do not even doubt in my mind that there will definitely be more to come. Remember, when you're writing about these themes, they're very emotional. So you would really have to watch how you go about writing these themes. You can either relate it with the whole entire public or you can relate it to yourself. It really doesn't matter in a general sense. Just make sure that you do your best not to offend anybody with said claims. I do not know your ethnicity, and I'm not going to judge or assume or guess what your ethnicity is. But at the same time, even if you, even if I, even if you were um, African American, and I'm not judging or assuming or guessing if you are or if you are not, 
you would still need to think about the general public and how they would feel about this. So if you do write from a personal experience, make sure it's a good one. That's all I have to say about that. But aside from that, I love Augie. Augie has this team, I already mentioned it before, a team boyish, rebelish vibe, like I don't give a like I don't give a rat's ass type of attitude. At the same time, he gets like a nice mellow, like, eh, I don't care enough to give a rat's ass. Like, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> and I absolutely adore it. But overall, great story. And I recommend, guys, this story is up on Inkid. And I also forgot to mention in the intro, but they do have a webpad page as well, which a bunch of cool stories, so follow them on there. That is all we have to today for today on mystical mode and just great story i wouldn't rate it as a 4.8 oh i didn't even mention my overall rating <laughs> sorry but i wouldn't recommend mm, i wouldn't say it's a 4.8 due to some grammar issues yes i would dock off a couple points the plot itself is really good as far as i can tell your writing style really isn't I really wouldn't say it's a style, it's more of narrating the story than an actual word of conduct in a way. You're really, it's also, it's third person, so it's not like you can, like, write from Augie's point of view either way. But, I don't know, I I like your writing style. It's very common. It's not unique, it's very common. And I like the narration, it gets good, clear, descriptive. Not to also mention, you didn't, you didn't describe how Augie looked which is kind of cool for me, because you let the audience read up on the cues you have put throughout the story, and the little details like his chapped lips, his over, like his overcoat, overly, oh, imagine knowing how to say words correctly, his big clothes, the way he dressed, the way he talks about himself, even though it's very little, you can definitely tell, oh, he doesn't look clean all the time, he's probably skinny, because he probably doesn't eat like that, his lips are chapped, so clearly he doesn't keep up with his hygiene like that. You know, you get these little tiny symbolist things, and you really get a picture of him. Only if you look, read. Only if you read in between the lines, which is also very, very nice. But again, I don't know. I really wouldn't rate your writing style that fairly high. Just my opinion in general. It is not, how would you say? It is not unique to me. I've seen plenty of people who have like a type of narration type of writing style, especially when you've written this story in the third. Mm. Uh, I say third person, but it's really first person. But I get you go back and forth between it. I don't see a lot of second. I don't see any actually of second person writing. But just either way, first and second, you go hand in hand with it. It's a narration type of feel. I feel like I'm like. You're narrating it instead of, like, being it, which also gives me insinuation that you're probably writing from, I don't know, I'm not making assumptions, but you're probably writing the story from not the same experience, or maybe you've heard these things and you want to talk about them. I don't know. I don't know. It's a very complex thing, and I don't have enough time to explain it. If I sat down and literally explained every single little thing, I feel like I would be here for hours. But aside from that, Good story. Overall, 4.6 for me, not 4.8. It says humor. Hasn't made me laugh yet. I don't read a lot of humor novels, but hasn't made me laugh yet. Still waiting for that ha-ha-hee-hee moment. 
Either way, good story and definitely worth the read, guys. Like I said before, it's up on Inkit, and I'm pretty sure it's up on your Wattpad page, too, as well. So, guys, like, comment, share, and more. And great job, Kira Storm. Sorry if I also say your name incorrectly. If you guys have been here for a while, you guys all know I'm terrible, 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 terrible with names. But aside from that, we've kept it real on this mystical mode. Catch you guys next time.